0: Chapter. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'd like to loan you one of ours. So if you raise your hand real high, our ushers would be glad to come around and loan you one of our Bibles. The scriptures, of course, will be on the screens, but I believe there's just a blessing that comes with having a Bible in your lap and opening it. Um, and then just leave them on your seats when you leave so that we can use them again next time. Hebrews 13, verse 3. Hebrews 13, verse 3 says this, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. This is talking about people who are persecuted and imprisoned because of their faith and their stance for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, were put in jail and treated poorly. And the Bible tells us to remember these people as if we were chained with them. Now, if you're chained with somebody or if you're handcuffed to somebody, it's it's a cinch that you're going to remember them. Is that right? I mean, because you're right there with them, you're, you're hooked to them. And he says, Remember them as if chained with them. And then he says, You yourselves are in the body also. Well, we may not be literally chained with a chain to those who are persecuted, but we're in the same body as them. You understand? And, uh, and so we, if they're you know, born again, we're born again, we're part of the body of Christ. So we're supposed to remember them. And so we take one service each year, which is today. Usually it's the first Sunday of November. And we set that time aside to specifically remember those who have been imprisoned and those who are imprisoned those who have been mistreated, those who are being mistreated. And this is a national time, actually, uh, for prayer for the persecuted church church and uh, and so titling this message today chained with them chained with them with who who are we chained with those who are persecuted both past and present now pastor diane shared just briefly with you some in the present day but i want to talk about uh, we remember those of course certainly But let's talk just about some of those in the past. Look at Hebrews, the 11th chapter. You're right there in the 13th chapter. Look at the 11th chapter and then look at the 32nd verse, the 11th chapter, and then the the 32nd verse. Notice what the Bible says, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, also of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and then notice this, stop the mouths of lions, stop the mouths of lions, do you know there were people that got fed to the lions because of their stance uh, and their faith for almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ, remember Daniel got fed to the lions, didn't he, because he was going to honor God, notice in verse 34, quenched the violence of fire. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They would worship no one except God. They would not obey the decree of the king to fall down and worship the golden image of the king. And they took a hard and a firm stance for Almighty God. And they got thrown in the fiery furnace, didn't they? But they quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured. Notice that. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. I think that's important to note that, that, that oftentimes people are tortured because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And very oftentimes they're given the opportunity to renounce Christ. If you'll renounce Jesus, then we'll stop the torture and the persecution. But you see, again and again, we see throughout history that they would not accept deliverance. They would rather die for the Lord Jesus Christ than to re, re you know. T- renounce him and have the torture stop that's the kind of christian i trust that i am and that's the kind of christian that i trust that you are is that if somebody put a gun to our head or a knife to our stomach and said you know you renounce jesus or we're going to pull the trigger or jam the knife i trust all of us would decide to be firm in our faith and stand for jesus amen but many people have been in that situation. I've never been in that situation. Uh, and, I, and probably most of you have never been. But there have been people throughout history who have been in that situation where the gun has been placed to their head or they've been standing there at the stake ready to be burned at the stake and they've been given the opportunity to, to renounce Jesus and we'll let you go. And again and again they say, No, we're going to serve Him. We're going to stand for Him. And they go ahead and get burned at the stake. Praise God, they go to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain, see, a better resurrection. See, if you renounce Jesus, well, they might not persecute you. But guess where you're going when you die if you renounce Jesus? Going to hell. Is that right? So let's stand firm for him that we may obtain a better resurrection. Notice verse 36. Still others had trial of mockings, cruel mockings and scourgings. Cruel mockings and scourgings. There have been many people, many Christians have been mocked and made fun of because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. Cruel mockings, scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. Many people have been put in prison because of their faith in the Lord Jesus. They were stoned, sawn in two. Sawn in two. Uh, It's believed that Isaiah, anybody ever hear of Isaiah? The Prince of the Prophets, the Old Testament, Isaiah, many call him the Prince of the Prophets uh, because of his stance for Almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He was put inside, tradition says, that he was put inside of a hollow log and that log log was sawn in half. Think about that. How many of you want to be the Prince of the Prophets? You get sawed in too. Again and again, they persecuted the prophets in the Old Testament. Persecuted them. and persecuted. You know why they persecuted them again and again? Because they told the people of God the truth. Do you know there's many people don't want to hear the truth? They just want to be told something that they want to hear. That's the main reason as I study that men of God got put to death and, and, and whatnot is because they would stand as a man of God under the anointing and tell people the truth and that upset people and it caused them in many cases to be to be persecuted and murdered and in Isaiah's case they put him in a hollow log and they sewed him in half, you see, and killed him. They were sawn into, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute afflicted tormented of whom the world was not worthy how many of you know this world is not worthy of a man like isaiah is that right they wandered in deserts mountains in dens and caves of the earth you need to know something and don't ever forget it serving god is not all glorious i said serving god is not all glorious Now, there's a lot of gloriousness to it, all right, but when you really serve God and you do something for the Lord, it's going to make the devil mad and it's going to make religious people mad. It's going to make Christians who are hooked up and buddied up with the devil mad. You mean a Christian could be hooked up and buddied up with the devil? Sure. If they're gossiping and going around backbiting and saying one thing to your face and another thing behind your back, how many of you know they're buddied up with the devil? Is that right? Now, is that right? And many times those are the very ones that uh, will persecute you. Now, we've read about some people here in general, but notice in Revelation, the first chapter and the ninth verse, let's just talk about some in the early church that were persecuted. Some in the early church that were persecuted. Notice in Revelation, the first chapter and the ninth verse, we'll start with the apostle John. He says here, I, John, both your brother and, and companion... This is Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in what? In what? In tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, John uh, declared the word of God and he had a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ and they exiled him and they put him on the isle of Patmos. Now, tradition tells us that before they put him there, they tried to kill him. Actually, it said that they boiled him in oil, but he was unharmed. And so when they couldn't kill him, they put him on the island of Patmos. And there he got the revelation. Can you say amen? <laughs> and he's the only one of the apostles. Now, of course, we understand Judas committed suicide not talking about him, but of the 11 faithful apostles to the Lord Jesus, John is the only one that lived out his life. I'm talking of the, of the original 12. He's the only one that lived out his life to a, to a ripe old age and died of what we'd call natural causes. All of the others suffered violent deaths because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Now we talk about Peter, James, and John. We notice John, but James, who was John's brother, was actually the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred. you know what martyred? The word martyr means being put to death because of uh, something, being put to death for something that you believe in, you see. And he was the first one that was martyred. And listen to James, what happened to him. On the way to be executed because of his faith in Jesus, he showed so much courage that one of his executioners was so impressed and moved that the executioner confessed Jesus Christ and was beheaded with James. You need to think about that. James had such a testimony uh, to Jesus and he was so sold out to Jesus that on the way to put James to death uh, that one of the guys that was supposed to cut his head off was so impressed and moved by James's great faith in Jesus that the executioner got saved and said here I'll lay my head on the block you can chop my head off too. Isn't that something I wish I was a person that had that kind of a testimony how about you. Peter was persecuted much and tradition says that he was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified in the same manner as the Lord. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross. Matthew was pinned to the ground and beheaded. Thomas who... We know is doubting Thomas, but he was also the first one to say, after Jesus was resurrected, my Lord and my God. Notice Thomas was tortured. He was run through with spears and then thrown into a fiery oven and was baked until dead. James, who was Jesus' half-brother and a pastor who wrote the book of James, he was thrown off the temple tower and his head was beaten in with clubs. You know, James, as you study the book of James, he didn't always have a flowery message for God's people. Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke, Acts, he was a physician, he traveled with Paul, they hung him from an olive tree. Mark, who wrote, The gospel of according to Mark, you know, he was tied with ropes, then drugged behind horses until dead. Why did they do this to him? They did this to him because he spoke out against the people of Alexandria and their idol worship. He may have got up and said something like this. If you have anything in your life that's more important to you than the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, you're an idolater. That made him mad. That upset him. And they put him to death. You have to understand something about the men of God of yesteryear and not here in the United States, but in other countries, you need to realize this, that as you see this morning as I stand here and I preach to you, and if I say something that is offensive to you or I say something that, that, that hurts your feelings, you need to realize that about the worst thing that's going to happen to me is you're probably not going to come back next week. You might say something bad about me, but that's about the extent of it. But you need to realize that men of yesteryear, men of God, women of God of yesteryear and and in certain places of the world, when they stand behind the holy desk, when they stand up and they declare from their mouth the word of God, they realize and understand they might not get out of that place alive. They might not get out of that building alive. They might have somebody in the parking lot or a whole group of people just outside to take clubs and beat the living tar out of them. You need to realize that. It's real easy for me to preach here this morning because like I said, if I say something you don't like, what's the the ramifications of that? You might not come back next week. But you need to realize that in some places you stand up and say, thus saith the Lord, the preacher might not come back next week. Did you get what I just said? Bartholomew, cruelly beaten, Something about him, they filleted him. You know what, you know how you fillet a fish? They filleted him. They stripped his skin off while he was alive and then crucified him. John the Baptist, who cried out against the political ills of his day, he stood as a man of God and cried out against the king's sexual misconduct. The king being a public figure, he, John had every right to do that. He cried out against that. And remember what happened to John the Baptist. He was beheaded. Is that right? Is that correct? Cut his head off. Jesus called him the greatest prophet that was ever born of a woman. How many of you want to be the greatest prophet ever born of a woman? Wow. What did I tell you a while ago? Serving God is not all glorious, is it? Timothy, that young minister that trained under the apostle Paul, he stood up under the power of God and the anointing of God, and he thundered under the anointing of God, and he rebuked the Ephesian, the Ephesian pagans over their idolatry, and he was beaten with clubs and died two days later. The apostle Paul, we could take the time and read about the perils of Paul, who was in prison frequently, beaten severely many times, exposed to death again and again, beaten by the Jews. I mean, Paul, you know, Paul, you know, Paul, in his case, he had far more trouble with the religious people of his day than he did with the sinners. I've been doing this 17 years I've had very little to no problem with sinners but I found Christians again and again that yield to the devil has been an obstacle but praise God we've got authority over the devil don't we amen Paul said three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned he was left for dead remember that the apostles, or the, or the disciples rather, came around him that were there, the ones that were with him and prayed and he got up and went right on with the work of God, didn't he? He said, Paul made this statement, he said he was delivered from the lion's mouth. At one point he was delivered into the lion's den, evidently. And then Paul was beheaded, but in Paul's case he didn't go out until he was aged and of a ripe old age. And they tried again and again to kill him. But he lived out his life. But yet they beheaded him. You see Christians of the first century church. As well as church leaders and followers of the Lord have been persecuted throughout history. for The last 2,000 years and even back into the Old Testament days as we just read. If you want more on. This, you can see Fox's Book of the Martyrs. They do an excellent job. It would take me days to stand up here and go through all of it. I just mentioned a few. One I think I'll note is, do you remember Nero, the Roman emperor? Back in that early church, he would have Christians, because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have them sewn inside animal skins and fed to the dogs. He would dress Christians in wax clothing and set them on fire to provide light for his parties. And he had Christians fed to the lions. You need to realize that people would come out by the droves and fill the colosseums to watch the Christians be fed to the lions. It was a form of sport in that day. As I said before, I'll say again, in many cases, Christians would have the right to renounce Jesus or be put to death. But again and again and again, they did not. I think of one such named Polycarp. An early church leader. He was given a chance to renounce Christ or be burnt at the stake. And he replied and he said this for 86 years I've served Jesus. He has never wronged me once. How can I blaspheme my Lord who has saved me? And then they burnt him at the stake. My God, what a man of God. I would trust that I would have such a testimony for Jesus. And I would trust that you would as well. And we could go on and on and on even into the present day, into the present hour. And it's real easy to live here in the United States of America and lose sight of what is going on around the world and in other places of the world. We have it real easy here in the United States, let me tell you, because I'm telling you that people are Christians now are being tormented and tortured and and, and, and persecuted all over the world, and like I said, Pastor Diane, she shared just a little bit about that a while ago, and uh, much persecution going on. And will go on. And eventually, though, there's going to be a rapture of the church. Amen. How many of you even know what that is? How many of you have even heard of that? If you've attended here any length of time, I've covered that again and again and again. The Bible says that at a certain point, the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. We'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. How many is looking forward to that? and then after the rapture of the church the bible is clear there's going to be a seven year tribulation period and there'll be persecution on earth and tribulation on earth like's never been seen before at the end of that tribulation period that's when jesus comes back with the saints with you and me those who are faithful to him riding on the white horses to fight the battle of Armageddon, you know. And that lay on out in the future. Then there'll be a millennial reign of Christ, a 1,000-year reign of Christ upon the earth, where Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. There won't be persecution in that hour. And then after that, on out into eternity. Much we could say about that, but... What about before the rapture, Pastor? What about before the rapture? How many of you are looking forward to the rapture? I am. And the Bible says we should always be mindful of that, and, and, and much we could say about that. But as it pertains to persecution, what about before the rapture? Will persecution continue? Yes, it will. Jesus himself said that a servant is not above or greater than his master. He said, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Notice in 2 Timothy 3.12. Turn there with me if you would. 2 Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy 3.12. The Bible says, all who desire To live godly in Christ Jesus will what? Will suffer what? Suffer persecution. Now that didn't just say that everybody in every place of the world will suffer persecution except in the United States. That's for everybody, isn't it? Now, you need to realize, and I do need to balance my statement out by saying this, even though we don't suffer persecution here in the United States like they do in other places in the world, there is still persecution here to suffer. How many has ever been made fun of or are persecuted in some way because of your stance for the Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody said, well, I I have never suffered any persecution. Well, then evidently you're not desiring to live godly. The Bible said that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, will, will suffer what? Will suffer persecution. And I just feel impressed of the Lord what, what to say this right now that That here in the United States, because this is where I live, this is what I'm most aware of. uh, I believe that before the rapture takes place, the Lord would like to have a revival sweep through this land. A revival sweep through this land. I said a revival sweep through this land. Not, and I started saying this some, actually a couple years ago, and when I started saying this, unbelievable persecution came at me, not from sinners, but from, I'll say quote unquote Christians, people that call themselves Christians, but act like the devil, But I believe God wants a revival to sweep through this land, not a revival of drunkenness. I'm talking about spiritual things. I do not believe that God wants us to come to church and act like a bunch of drunks. Drunkenness is condemned in Scripture. The Bible says we're supposed to be sober-minded. Amen? I tell you what, though, that doesn't mean we're supposed to be stiff-shirted and stiff-necked. Amen? How many of you know you can have fun in the house of God? How many of you know you can dance under the power of God in the house of God? How many of you know somebody gets healed by the power of God? We ought to do some dancing and some shouting. Can you say amen? How many of you know you can weep under the power of God? How many of you know the power of God can come into a room and cause you to weep? That happened just a while ago when they started singing that second to last song and then into the last song. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, my God. I don't know if you could sense it, but the power of God just went up several notches when they began to sing that. The power of God came in here into this room. And I began to weep under the power of God. You hadn't lived until you've wept under the power of God. And God wants a revival to sweep through this land, not a revival of hilarity, not a revival of drunkenness, not a revival, not, listen, not a revival, not, I'm telling you what, not, God wants the pulpits of America to be thundering the word of God with the preaching of righteousness. God does not want his pulpits full of a bunch of feel good messages. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, God does not want you to come to church to be entertained. I'm telling you, I heard somebody say the other day, uh, I, I would never call the name, but a big mega church say, "Say we're, we're setting our sanctuary up so that when you come to church, you can have a five-star worship experience. I'm telling you, that's not by the Spirit of God. This thing is not set up for you to come and enjoy yourself. This thing is set up for you to come and worship God and bring Him enjoyment. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I said, "Glory to God! Yes. Praise God forevermore!" Yeah. Who I feel the anointing on that, yeah. and God for some time has wanted the pulpits of this land to thunder again—the preaching of righteousness. Alexis D. Tuckerville came. Many years ago and, and wanted to know the secret of america 's greatness and he went to the harbors and, 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 and looked at the plains and looked at the you know the, uh, the, the the granaries and the and the beautiful landscape he went to the education system he went to the to the harbors and the ocean and, and he said, "I looked for the secret of america 's greatness and i couldn 't find it until he went in to a local church and he began to visit local churches, and those local churches were fun thunder- thundering the preaching of the word of god they were thundering the preaching of righteousness and he said therein lies the secret of america's greatness and i'm here today to tell you that god wants a revival of that in this land he wants the pulpits again to thunder with the preaching of the righteousness of the word of almighty god Did you hear me? And don't misunderstand me, there are those churches in the land that do still do that. But I'm here today to tell you that in this hour, they're few and far between. And God wants that to return. But you know, God doesn't always get what He wants. What do you mean he doesn't always get what he wants? Well, he's not desirous that any should perish. But how many of you know there's some people dying right now in this world that are going to hell and everybody goes to hell out of of the will of God. Is that right? Don't tell me God always gets what he wants. He doesn't. But he would like there to be a revival in this land. A revival, as I said, not of telling people what they want to hear, not of tickling their ears, not of little talks, little stories, not of, not of little quips and quibbles, not, 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 not the, the whole goal of the message is to make the people when they come laugh and have a good time. No, God doesn't want that. He's had all of that. That he, 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 He's never been in that. Somebody say amen. amen. But God wants the thundering of the righteousness of the word of God to be declared. I'm here today to tell you that God does not want an entertainment center built, but He wants His church to be built so that the sick can come and the anointing of God can come and sweep into that building and the sick be healed. Amen. I said the sick be healed. Amen. I said the sick be healed. Amen. How many of you know God is still in the healing business? I still believe that God is healing people today. I've been doing this now, pastoring 17 years. And 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 I've had, I I tell you what, I have had lots of people get healed. And lots of people get healed. And lots of people get healed. But I tell you what, several years ago, this persecution and and, and this stand that I took on. That when, when we come to church, God doesn't want us acting like a bunch of drunks. Yeah, what about on the day of Pentecost? Weren't they all acting drunk on the day of Pentecost? no they were not all acting drunk on the day of Pentecost we better go back and read our Bible again the Bible says that there were just a few mockers that said they're drunk just go read your Bible just a few mockers said they're drunk but the whole as a crowd that was there didn't think they were drunk a few of the mockers said they were drunk and Peter answered the mockers these are not drunk as ye suppose drunkenness is condemned in scripture my friends we're supposed to be sober minded, but we can still laugh under the power of God. We can still dance under the power of God. I tell you what, somebody, there's a God healed the ladies back in here one day and she went running under the power of God. I'm all for that. Amen. One day God healed somebody's foot in here. They had been in an accident and uh, 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 they had they were on pain medication and I'm all for good hospitals, doctors and medicines and all that, but they were on such pain medicine and they still couldn't walk and the power of God swept in here in one service and healed this guy's foot and he started running around the building under the power of God. I tell you what, I'm all for that. Praise God. How many of you know that Jesus, wasn't it Jesus that healed that guy? No. Uh, 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 Peter and John, I believe it was, they said to that guy at the gate, "Call beautiful, uh, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And didn't he get up and leap and walk? And one of them did. Praise God. I get healed, come off a stretcher. I'm going to get up and leap and walk. How about you? Amen. I made statements some years ago about God wants a revival, not of us acting like fools in the house of God, but but being sober-minded and having the power of God. And and I have to be honest with you, this kind kind of maybe pushed back on a few things. You know, persecution will get you to push back on a few things. But I tell you what, I've made the decision I'm not pushing back on anything that's Bible anymore. Amen? I want that Bible and everything that's in that Bible. And that Bible says that Jesus still saves. I'm going to keep preaching the new birth. The Bible says that Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm going to keep preaching that no matter what it costs me. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's healing people yesterday. He's healing people today. He'll be healing people forever. Can you say amen? I'm not backing off of that. They can persecute me, say anything they want to about me, but this house, it will not be an entertainment center. It will not be a place for spiritual drugs, but it will be a place for people to come to the power of God and experience the power of God this isn't set up for for you it's set up for God and you come and we worship God and he meets us in the house of God and people are set free and help can you say amen Amen. glory to God. God I want this place to be a place where you can bring somebody crippled in and we say rise take up your bed and walk and the power of God hits them amen and heals them glory to God But see when you step into that and you really get to flowing with that guess what happens? You start getting persecuted. You start getting persecuted. And they'll start saying they may not come beat you up with clubs but they may start saying everything that they can think of about you. I know it's happened to me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It will not happen again. This place. And I never move far away from God. But I tell you what. I'm not moving away from God at all. This is a place where the new birth is proclaimed. The baptism in the Holy Ghost is proclaimed. the, 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 The healing power of God is proclaimed. We'll have the joy of the Lord. We'll weep under the power of God. We'll do whatever it is the Lord wants done. Amen. And they can say whatever they want and they can huff and they can puff and they can try to blow the house down. But the Bible, we'll read it here in just a minute. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can you say amen? Praise God. You just need to realize when you start flowing with the power of God that it'll bring persecution. When you start preaching under the anointing of God and you start thundering the preaching of righteousness from the pulpit, it'll bring persecution. What do we do when we're persecuted? When we're persecuted, we don't give up and quit. We don't withdraw. But you know what Jesus said? He said, when you're persecuted, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. And then we just press right on in the will of God. Can you say amen? amen. 2 Timothy, Timothy 3.11. Look at what the Apostle Paul says here, 2 Timothy 3.11. Persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. And out of them what? Oh. Out of them what? Oh. Out of them all, the Lord. Delivered me. Amen. So when we're persecuted, we keep a good attitude. We rejoice. And we press on. And we realize that the Lord, though the persecution can get very, very strong, but we press on and know that He'll deliver us. Amen. And in Acts, the 7th chapter and the 54th verse. Acts, the 7th chapter and the 54th verse. Notice what the Bible says, talking about Stephen, who is considered the by many as the first martyr, you know, specifically listed in Scripture. Let's see how he acted when he was persecuted, because I do believe that before the rapture takes place, whether the churches throughout the United States as a whole preach the preaching of righteousness and cause a revival or not, The ones that do do that will suffer persecution. What do we do when we're persecuted? We keep a good attitude. We rejoice. We continue on. We don't quit. We don't back off. We know the Lord will deliver us. But here's something else. Acts 7 verse 54 when they'd heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth at Stephen, because Stephen, if you went back and read, he delivered them about out an almost a two-chapter message in the book of Acts. I mean, it was very extensive what he went through. Stephen was a table waiter, wasn't he? And he was full of the Holy Ghost and with power, is that right? How many of you know the pastor shouldn't be the only one full of the Holy Ghost and power? Amen? How many of you know the door greeters ought to be full of the Holy Ghost and power? Is that right? The ushers ought to be full of the Holy Ghost and power. Is that right? And Stephen had preached and declared to these people that were there. and They were, by and large, religious people that were there. And he told them some things under the power of God that they didn't want to hear. And they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit... Gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at his right at, at the right hand of God. I don't know about you, but that's when I when I go on to heaven, that's that's what I'd like to see. How about you? I personally don't believe Jesus stands up for everybody. I believe the ones that have served him faithfully and have maintained a good testimony and have refused to gossip, have refused to talk bad about people, have, have maintained a good testimony. I believe he stands up to greet those. That's just what I believe. And Stephen was one such that he stood up at the right hand of God. In verse 56, he said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried with a loud voice. They stopped their ears. These were the persecutors. They stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. You know, Saul, he held their coats while they put Stephen to death. Now, you all remember the story with Saul. He went around persecuting Christians. He might have been one of the worst persecutors of Christians of all time. But how many of you know on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him and that light shone around him and shined like the brightness of the noonday sun and he was knocked to the ground. Is that right? And, 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 he, and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? See, when, when, you, when you come against a fellow brother and sister in Christ, you're not just coming against them, you're coming against Jesus. He takes it personal. He said, why are you persecuting me? And then out of that, Saul got born again, didn't he? And baptized in the Holy Ghost, didn't he? Is that right? And so he said at one point, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Is that right? And he wasn't Saul no more. His name was changed to Paul. And he became a great apostle. And that's important is what we'll say here in just a moment. And notice in verse 59, they stoned Stephen. And as he, as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. As, he, as he's dying, as they're putting him to death. And notice verse 60, center in here. Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That just means he died. And his spirit went into, into, into heaven. Notice what we need to learn from Stephen here. As he's dying, he did not say, Lord, strike him with lightning. Lord, let the fire fall on him. What did he say? Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And he died. So we're supposed to be people of prayer in the midst of persecution. Is that right? And we're going to close with a word of prayer here right now. And I want you to listen very carefully. Those being persecuted. How do we pray for people in the world that are being persecuted? That their faith does not fail. And that they have strength to endure and maintain their testimony. What are we supposed to pray for those who are persecuting us? Well, we just learned one thing right here. Lord, don't charge them with this sin. That's a good thing to pray. And then also what we need to be praying for those who persecute is that they'd get saved. Because what did I say just a moment ago? If you read, you'll see that, that Saul was persecuting the church, but he got saved. And then the Bible says the churches had rest because the persecutor got saved. Amen. Amen. How do you pray for somebody to get saved? Well, you first pray that their spiritual understanding would be enlightened, that that blindness that the devil's blinded him with would be removed and that God then would send the laborer across their path to share Jesus with them. So let's stand right now in the presence of Almighty God as we close this service with just a, 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 a time of prayer here. Just, just spend a few moments in prayer. Before we pray, though, I want to just tell you with your heads out, uh, heads bowed and eyes closed there, if you're here today and you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus to come into your heart, you need to do that. The Bible is clear. There's a heaven above and there is a hell beneath and, 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 and he doesn't want anybody to, to die and go to hell. I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. That's why Jesus died on the cross and then shed his blood and you know and was raised from the dead so nobody has to go to hell but you've got to repent of your sins and that just means say hey I'm I'm turning from this old life that I've been living and then you invite Jesus into your heart then you get what the bible calls born again you become a christian right there you become saved miss hell make heaven and then the life of god is deposited within your within your within your spirit and then you'll have victory with within you to be able to live a a life for God. Amen. If you're here and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We'd like to make that available to you this morning. If, you, if you've got sickness in your body. You need healing in your body. Uh, Jesus is still in the healing business. If you need just somebody to talk to or pray with, there's men and women standing up here in the front. When I dismiss the service in just minutes from now, you walk forward and you talk with one of them and, and tell them what your need is and they'll pray with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, just uh, say, say, this, say this after me. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we pray now for the persecuted church. We not only remember them, but we pray for them. First and foremost, that their faith fail not. That they'd have strength to endure. And they'd maintain a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for those doing the persecuting. First we ask... That you do not lay their sin to their charge. Secondly, we pray for their salvation. In the name of Jesus, we pull down spiritual blindness. So they'll not be blinded any longer. And be able to see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send the laborer across the persecutor's path to share Jesus with them in due season. And as they get saved, the church will have rest. Christians will have rest. As Saul got saved and became Paul, And the church had rest. rest. So as persecutors throughout the world today get saved, Christians will have rest. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And Father, we commit to you right now to live on fire for you more than we ever have. May we be on fire... May this pulpit be on fire. May this church be on fire. And may the pulpits of America be on fire with the preaching of the Word of God, the preaching of righteousness. And may a revival sweep through this land before the great notable day of the Lord, before that day comes. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been in the presence of God today. Amen. Greet a couple of people and we'll see you next time. Amen.